0: I love this season uh, of Thanksgiving and Christmas because we're eating a lot, sharing a lot, spending time with family. And particularly over Thanksgiving season, we had about 35 people at our home. 35 people (laughs) at our home. My wife is still getting off the medication that she had. And man, we had a great time. All my sisters, I have three sisters and one brother, and they all came and they all have three kids each. And we had some people from here, come, and man, we just all had a great time. We had red velvet cake, key lime cake, pineapple cake. We had every pound cake, every kind of cake you could imagine. And some people came. You know, most of the people that came to my home are usually there. They, they've been there before. And But there was one person this holiday that did not has never been to my home, and this person was Dre. Dre is my sister-in-law's brother. And as he came into our house, I started seeing him kind of looking around and looking at the books and looking at our computer room and just looking at everything in our house. He was just, I guess he was just blown away by the books or, or something. And I said, Dre, what you looking at? He said, I'm just, just amazed by the number of Bibles, you know, that you have in your house and, you know, the religious material that you have in your house. Dre's a college student. And I said, Dre, has anybody ever shared with you about who Christ is and, and what the Bible's all about? He said, no, not really. I said, Dre, follow me. So we went out on the patio, and Dre and I sat down, and I start walking with him through the gospel. I said, Dre, have you ever heard this before? He said, nobody's ever explained this to me. And on Thanksgiving Day, Dre gave his life to Christ. Amen. 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 You can see he's a little bit of an introvert because he's like leaning off to the side like this. He's like, like, I love you, but I don't love you that much. But as I looked at that picture and I looked at that scenario and Dre giving his life to Christ there on Thanksgiving, I, I can't help but to wonder how many people have a false sense of their faith in Christ. How many people right here in this room have heard the gospel story but have never submitted their life to Jesus Christ? I am concerned. I'm concerned because there are people that have heard and have got a feeling on Sunday morning, but there was no life change, no transformation, nothing happened. They're still in the same situation. And so this morning we're going to talk about in Matthew chapter 2 when the Magi actually meet Jesus face-to-face. So if you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, we're going to begin there. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And this is what it says. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judea, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the magi and determined from them the exact time of the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and the star, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. As I look at that story and I read about the Magi and I read about who they were, why they came, what were they in search of, my heart began to jump because here are people and, and you have to understand who the Magi are. The Magi are basically magicians or astrologers, people who have studied about the stars, and they have read the scriptures, and they have tried to understand things to come. And these men were not Jewish. These men were actually men from another land. The Bible says that there were men from the east, and it doesn't exactly say that there were three of the Magi. They say they presented three types of gifts. So we don't know how many of them actually came. These men were, I can just imagine the story. They were standing there and, you know, reading through the scriptures, and and the Holy Scripture says there is a king to be born in Jerusalem. And so they start doing all the studying and looking at the stars, and one day a star appears or some kind of uh, atmospheric condition appears, and they say, man, this must be what they've been waiting for. And so with that thought in mind and with the history of, uh, in mind, they grab gifts and they, they, they set out on a journey to see this king that was supposed to be born in Jerusalem. And now what, what really concerns me is when they arrived in Jerusalem, no one knew about the birth of Jesus. No one knew the Savior was supposed to be born on that day, but these people who were not even Jews arrived there looking for the Messiah. And when they got there, they met with King Herod. King Herod was also proclaimed as the king of the Jews, but in this particular area, he came in, the magic came in, and they said, hey, we're searching for the king, not you, King Herod, but we're searching for the actual king of the Jews who is to be born here. And Herod looked at that and he says, well, where is this at? You know, we've got to find where this king is at. And so as they searched the scriptures, they found out, that he was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And as I look at that story, I start thinking about, man, we as a society are in search of a king. People are looking for answers, and sometimes they're finding it in the wrong places. Sometimes in the bottom of a bottle. Sometimes in worried depression, they're trying to find relief from their pain, but Jesus is now coming to the earth to offer everything we need while we're here on this earth, including eternal life through salvation in him. And I can almost imagine the temperature in heaven as Jesus is preparing to come, from there, come to the earth, and everybody is cheering him on and waiting for this, uh, this long-coming king to come and save us from our sins. And it has got to be a joyous celebration. So these magi, they get together, and they're coming, and they arrive and saying, No one knows, and they send them to Bethlehem, so they get to Bethlehem. And here's where I want to rest our case today. When they get to Bethlehem, what actually happens when a person meets Jesus for the first time? So look at the scriptures. Here we are. The Bible says in verse 10, it says, And when the star, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, there were two things that happened there. They rejoiced exceedingly, okay? Two things that happened. Number one, truth was revealed. Truth was revealed. And then number two, a treasure was discovered. A treasure was discovered truth revealed and a treasure discovered let me let me explain that just a little bit i don't know if you've ever had the privilege of searching for something your whole life or you have long had a such of a such a longing for something now to stand face to face with it is such a joyous experience here are these magi. They have been studying and looking at the stars and, and looking and just trying to compare things and seeing how they all match up. And, and, and just one time out of their life, they see a star. And they said, this has got to be it. So they go to Bethlehem, and now I am standing face to face with everything that I've learned, everything that I've heard about, everything that I've hoped for is standing right here in front of me. That's the way I felt when I came to Jesus for the first time. Everything that I longed for. You see, I longed for an intimate relationship with our loving Savior, and I tried to fabricate that through every other means in my life, but nothing else could fit. And so now I have been uh, allowed the opportunity to stand face-to-face with my Savior and these magi, after everything they've learned, are now standing face-to-face with the king. And when I'm standing face-to-face with the king, it says in Psalms 16, verse 11, he says, in your presence is the fullness of joy, and in thy right hand pleasures forevermore. So there is a fullness that can never be fulfilled through anything else. And I don't know where you are in your life and, and, and the things you've been searching, or maybe you're pursuing a career, or maybe you're pursuing something in your life, and it is never, just, just never fit. It's almost like putting a, a square peg in a round hole. It just never fit. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, when you come face to face with Jesus for the first time, there is a, exceedingly, it is a rejoicing exceedingly because he fulfills everything you need anybody can testify to that this morning every single thing you need is in christ alone i have to give you a short story we were at the pool me and kj and kyra and every year they have to take a test to get in the pool and we went to the pool on base and I said, OK, KJ and Kyle, we're taking the test all year long. We were, we were swimming and we were getting ready. And, and I said, all right, guys, here's the test. You, we got to swim 25 meters. So I get there and the, and, the, and the lifeguard says, hey, thank you for coming, but the test ain't 25 meters anymore. I said, oh, really? What, what's the test? He said, well, the kids, they've, they've got to swim 25 meters, but then they gotta got a doggy paddle for two minutes. I said, wait a minute. That's a deal breaker. I didn't, I didn't teach them that. And KJ was standing right there by me. I said, I didn't teach them that. I said, well, that's the test, Mr. Bell. You, I mean, you can take the test. They can swim in the deep end. or I mean, the, the deep end is like the epitome of you know, being one of the cool kids. So the kid's are like, I, I, I need to get in the deep end, Daddy. So, so I look at Kyra, and Kyra's a swimmer. So I said, Kyra, can you do this? She said, yeah, Daddy, I got it. I, I, I do it. I can swim this, Daddy. I said, okay, perfect. She's got it. I look at KJ. KJ said, Daddy, you didn't prepare me for this. I said... I say, son, we're going to do it. Son, we're going to do it. We're going to get this test. And so I put them, I drop them right in the deep end. I say, okay, here we go. And there they go. And they're swimming. Boom. And, man, they're like Olympians. And they are wearing it out. KJ gets to the end. Kyra gets to the end. I say, yes, all right, daddy. You know, we've got them. We've trained them. And they have did exactly what I've told them to do. But now comes the treading water. It's all right. I said, KJ and Kyra, y'all, go on in. I'm going to show you how to do it. And I showed them how to do it, and the lifeguard showed them how to do it. And So I got out, and I said, all right, KJ, here we go. Kyra, here we go. And I stood at the end, and I said, all right, begin. And so they start treading water. They start treading water. And after a while, and you ha- and I don't know if you have brothers and sisters, but KJ starts kicking Kyra while he's doing the, he's kicking me, he's kicking me. And KJ goes down, Kyra keeps going, and she finishes. She gets her little bracelet. So I pull them all both out, and I said, hey, guys, both of y'all can't be here, you know, and one can't swim in the deep end, and the other one can. So I said, hey, K.J., you've got to pass the test, buddy. He said, all right, Daddy, I'll do it. I'll do it, Daddy. I said, all right. So I put Dick K.J. back down in the deep end, and I stand there, and I'm talking to him. He's just giving him some godly wisdom. Joshua 1.9 said, be strong in the Lord and in the power. He said, stop talking to me, Daddy. He went down. I had to pull him back out. I said, all right, son." I pull him over to the side, and I give him another pep talk. I said, buddy, we got to do this. We can't leave this pool without you making it. And so he said, all right, Dad, I'm going to do it. So I put him back in there, and I lay on the side. I'm not saying anything. He's going. He's going. I'm praying. He's going. I'm praying. He's going. And all of a sudden, they pass the test. He gets out. I hug him. They both got their bracelets and I'm an extremely proud father. And I look at that story and I I am reminded by the love of the father. While I am in the pool swimming, he is never gonna leave me nor forsake me. And just him being there provides a comfort to my soul. And when I look at the Magi and I look at their first encounter with Jesus, they're saying, you know what, man, it is good to be here. My heart is rejoicing and I am exceedingly glad because I have just come face to face with everything that I've ever needed and I've ever wanted in life. Let me ask you the question, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever had a one-on-one encounter with the master? Have you had the security in knowing that there was a father right there looking for you or watching over you? And if not, there's an invitation for you today. The second thing they did, they rejoiced exceedingly, but the next thing they did is that they fell down. They fell down and worshiped. If you can look at verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 11, it says, "And they came into the house and saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. That falling down, uh, they have been uh, they realized that now I am now in the presence of a king. This isn't someone, that's my homeboy. This isn't my partner. This isn't the man upstairs. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is our Savior, our Redeemer, our, 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 our peace, our comfort. Our joy. He is everything to us. Amen. And when I lay down, or they, they fell down and went prostrate on the ground, they realized their position to the king. They said, I'm here and you're here. And in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we have to understand who he is and who we are. Our relationship with the king determines everything about where we go. Amen? When I understand that God is a sustainer of all things, I can sleep easy at night because I understand who he is and I understand who I am. Let me give you another reference to that particular scripture When you look at Mark chapter 5, verse 22, this is what they said. This is Jairus. He said, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, Jesus, he fell down at his feet. Let me give you another example. He said, This is the woman. She said, And when the woman saw that he was not hid, she came trembling." falling down at him or before him. These were people that understood the power of Jesus, and they came falling down before him. When you came to Jesus, did you come falling down, or did you try to come proud? Lord, I don't have anything going on in my life, anything going on with me. I'm just here. I'm here for your benefit. But when a person realizes the presence of a king and where they currently are, there is a difference in your posture. There is a difference. Because I want the King to know that I love you and I appreciate you. The third thing is, number one, they rejoiced. Number two, they fell down. Number three, they worshipped. Now, that word worship literally means kissing the ground in between two people or kissing the ground or, or reverencing or, or, or making sure that that person understands that they are in charge and I'm not. They're worshiping. A reverent respect for who or this king. Now, these wise men... As they came and saw Jesus, and they fell down, and they worshiped him, they, they, like I mentioned before, these were not Jews, so they didn't understand everything about worship. But when I look at Jesus, and my worship has to be something that's authentic. My worship has to be something that gives reverence and honor to the king. So when I come to church on Sunday, I'm not just waving my hands in worship. But I'm also rendering my heart. I am giving my time, giving my treasures and my talents unto him because I love who he is and I want to reverence him or honor him as my king. How many people in here have done that? Do you honor God as your king? Do you understand that that he is the king of glory, the radiance of God's glory, the alpha and omega, the author and perfecter of our faith? He's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. He's beginning and the firstborn among all the dead. Do you realize who we are worshiping? Do you realize that? So when my worship, I have to be authentic, and I've got to be real, and I've got to make sure that my focus is totally on him. On him, worship, it's not just the songs. It's the attitude of our heart. Does my heart love Jesus? When I hear the songs that Marks play, can I identify with what they're saying? Because I'm not just here mouthing words, but I'm here worshiping the living and the true God. The fourth thing, I'm rejoicing exceedingly, fell down, they worshiped, and then the last thing is they opened their treasures and presented gifts. Now, I love this because here you have people These men prepared themselves to meet the king, and when they came in the presence of the king, they brought unto them gifts, and they presented those gifts as they were worshiping. And those gifts were all that they had. It doesn't matter when it talks about gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but when they brought those gifts, they brought gifts that were fitting for a king. And every Sunday that I come into this place or every day that I live my life, I need to be presenting gifts unto a worthy king. If you look back in the Old Testament, you will read much about people who came or tried to give their offerings and they were given like one-eyed lambs and broken, you know, lambs with broken legs and different things like that. They were not bringing God their best. But I want to challenge you this morning. Whenever I'm meeting with God, I'm trying to bring him my best. And that's not just about what I have on. That is the attitude of my heart. God, I am bringing you my best because you are worthy. You are the king above all kings. Everything about you says, I'm grateful. Amen? And so when I talk about, and Garrett's going to talk about this tonight, and how we present our offerings to the Lord and how we give him our all and our best. So as I think about and I wrap this story with the Magi, I want to ask the question, have you ever had a real encounter with Jesus? Have you ever worshipped authentically? Have you ever fell down in his presence? Have you ever wept at the moment that you finally saw him? Have you ever done those things? And if you have not, if you have not, I'm not just talking about an emotional trip. I'm talking about a true encounter with the Savior. Today is your day now is the time for salvation you see when i first gave my life to jesus i thought i had it right i thought that because i went to church and all these things happened and i checked the block i thought i was saved but when the true encounter came with jesus i saw something totally different I saw a relationship between me and the God of the universe that was focused and loving and kind. So I want to challenge you today. Man, if you have not given your life to Jesus, today is the day. Now, I can't say whether you... Some people are different. Some people don't come down and fall down. Some people don't come and and worship out loud. but, But I want to tell you, today... Whether you do that or something else or whether you worship in your seat or here, I want to encourage you, today is the day of salvation. Give your life to Jesus. The Bible says the day that you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Give your life to Jesus and you will never be the same. When those wise men left, God spoke to them. They said, hey, don't go back the same way you came. Go in a different direction. He said, go in a different direction. Their lives were changed, and what about you? Now it's time to go in a different direction. I can't go back the same way that I've been. I've gotta go in a totally different direction, amen? Amen. So as I pray this morning, if that's you, man, give your life to Jesus. Come down to the front, we're gonna have some men that are sitting here waiting on you and waiting to tell you about this wonderful Savior that will not only change your life, but he will give you eternal life through him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Father, we're grateful for who you are, grateful for your love for us, grateful for the compassion that you feel for us. Lord, and I pray that today as we continue to think about the Magi and their pre- and, and, and their meeting with you, that Lord, there's somebody here that doesn't know you and they need to meet with you today. They need to know the love of the Savior. And I pray that they would give themselves completely and totally to you. Help us to understand how to fall down and worship you. Help us to understand how to see you and who you really are, where we are and who you are. Lord, we thank you so much. I pray that you continue to be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you come?